We all have bucket lists. As a lifelong sports fan, mine is full of tons of different sporting events and venues, from the NBA, NFL, Olympics, and beyond. However, my greatest bucket list item is something I want to share with the world and fans like me. What if you could attend a home college football game for all 130 and counting FBS programs? Seems crazy, right? Join me, your host, Bobby Wilson, as I take you along for the ride to see all the FBS venues and more. This is the TNT College Football Podcast. Hello, everyone. Bobby Wilson here from the TNT College Football Podcast. Hope everyone's doing well today. If you're tuning in right now, you're here for uh, another installment of my uh, College Football Breakdown series. Um, this episode will be on the SMU Mustangs, who finished last year 7-6, and 5-3 and three in the AAC. <clears throat> a new, one of the new things I'm doing with these breakdowns this year, a little uh, look into each uh, college football stadium, um, looking into uh, uh, Gerald J. Ford Stadium, which currently seats 32,000 uh, people, but there is a uh, pretty extensive expansion project underway that uh, is going to bolster the efficiency and the occupancy and the functionality of the stadium. Um, it's it's going to strengthen the health and well-being of uh, the whole athletic department with the improved nutrition and sports medicine facilities. And not only is it impl- improving um, with with occupancy, with how many seats are going to be involved in uh, some pretty cool uh, boxes and different things for fans, a uh, really good environment there, but it's also – uh, going to help all the student athletes with some brand new facilities, uh, better training and recovery options. So, uh, um, really good environment there that they're creating uh, upwards to uh, to two hundred fifty million dollars in the development of this. So it's a like I said, a pretty extensive project going on right in the heart of Dallas. Um, Going to be fun to see when that's completed. Uh, then another new in, new installment that I'm doing for these breakdowns, I'm uh, choosing a coach on the rise for each program. And uh, for SMU, I am uh, going to go with uh, offensive coordinator and tight ends coach Casey Woods. Um, Casey has uh, came to uh, SMU in December 2021 with Coach Lashley, who uh, he has worked a ton with throughout the years. Coach Woods played at the University of Tennessee. He was a wide receiver and a holder for the team. Um, the Vols went 44-20 and 20 during his time there and had three 10-win seasons. He's a four-time All-SEC academic selection as a player. Um, after his uh, playing career, he was, he was the wide receivers coach at Arkansas State. Um, he's, he's followed Lashley. Uh, significantly through his time he spent time um at the at auburn with lashley from 09 to 2011 and then 2013 to 2015 then he was also with him at that time at arkansas state in 2012 Uh, most recently um, he was at missouri as a as a their tight end coach and then also at uab as their tight end coach so pretty good quick rise for Coach Woods uh, as he uh, played at Tennessee from 03 to 07. I should have included that. And then at 08, he was a GA at Tennessee. So a pretty quick rise for him through the ranks now to being offensive coordinator at SMU. 
And if you know anything about this offense and what Coach Lashley and Coach Woods have brought to this program, um, it's going to be pretty special, this offense will be, and uh, going to be an opportunity for Coach Woods to shine and eventually uh, become a head coach of his own. So excited to see what that will bring for him in the future. Now looking into uh, the program position-by-position breakdown offensively, (laughs) the quarterback position, the Preston Stone era begins at SMU in 2023. Some are calling it the Stone Age, so we'll uh, clever play on words there. Uh, the former four-star recruit chose SMU over Texas, so this was a big-time recruiting addition for them. Um, Stone is a heck of a talent with a dual-threat ability who could help take SMU to the next level. Uh, he saw some time last year, and you could see all the tools and everything that was in place. A really, really talented football player. Um, former Iowa uh, quarterback Alex Padilla has also been added in the offseason. Just gives him a a sense of stability at the position just in case something does go wrong with stone. The running back room is is absolutely loaded. Um, The additions of uh, Jalen Knighton from Miami and LJ Johnson from Texas A&M are massive. Uh, Tyler Levine, Kamar Wheaton and Velton Gardner also return. Um, But looking at Knighton, he led the hurricanes in rushing in 2021 with 561 yards and eight touchdowns. And he had over 400 yards last season as well. So uh, he was there at Miami with Lashley. Lashley did a tremendous job in the transfer portal uh, this offseason. I'll get to that in a little bit. But he uh, brought in, I believe, five players from Miami when he was on uh, that staff. So some really good additions here. Uh, The receiving core has plenty of talent returning and adding even more in the transfer portal. Roderick Daniels, Jake Bailey, Calvante Dixon, Jordan Curley, and tight end R.J. Maryland all have great experience and are returning. And then the additions of uh, Keyshawn Smith and Romello Brinson, both from Miami, and Jordan Hudson from TCU are big. Um, This receiving core is going to be electric, I feel. And with having Preston Stone at quarterback, uh, the sky is the limit for this offense. It's going to be, this offense is going to be scary good. And then SMU on the offensive line should have one of the best offensive lines in the AAC. Left tackle Marcus Bryant, center Branson Hickman, and right guard uh, Justin Osborne are all returning starters. Then they've added some really good additions in the transfer portal. Uh, Caleb Johnson from Notre Dame, Ja'Kai Clark from Miami, Logan Parr from Texas, P.J. Williams from Texas A&M, and Hyron Wright from Missouri. These are all massive additions, giving giving the offensive line some amazing depth. This is going to be a really good group, uh, rivaling North Texas in the conference uh, for one and two best offensive lines in the conference. Shifting to the defense, the defensive line upgraded its size and strength in the portal, which was much needed. Um, The defense has kind of been the part that's held SMU back. They've been able to outscore anybody in the past, but in the games where they couldn't outscore teams, it was – Uh, The defense has been the thing holding them back. And so this year there's been some major upgrades and SMU could really, could really make some noise at the top of the conference this year. Uh, Going back to the defensive line now, Nelson Paul, Devere Levelston, Elijah Chapman, and Jaden Jones all return on the defensive line. The additions of uh, Corey Roberson from Oklahoma, 
Cam Robertson from North Texas, Jordan and Jordan Miller and uh, Elijah Roberts from Miami are massive, huge additions that again help that size and strength on the defensive line, which is something they greatly needed. Uh, at the linebacker position, they have to replace three of the top four tacklers, um, so that will obviously be tough. Uh, the additions of Kobe Wilson from Temple and Ahmad Walker from Liberty fill the starting spots, but depth is a major concern at the linebacker position. If if there is a concern with this SMU football program, it is definitely at linebacker right now. The, the starting two are very talented. Ahmad Walker has a boatload of experience coming from Liberty, as does Wilson from Temple. Wilson was just behind some really, really good players at Temple at the linebacker position. So... These two guys are good, but the depth is is uh, is a concern. Uh, the secondary adds seven transfers to a unit that must improve from last season. Like I said before, the defense has been what's held them back. Um, Brandon Crossley and Brian Massey have experience returning. And then the additions of cornerbacks Kyron Chambers from TCU, Keyshawn Mills from Colorado, Jalen Davis-Robinson from LSU, Chris Megason from Liberty, C.J. Sanders from Fresno State, and Charles Wood from West Virginia are big there. And then the, probably the biggest addition at the cornerback position is Jonathan McGill from Stanford. He was Stanford's leading tackler last year. Uh, so this is a big-time addition there who's really going to help. And these these guys bring drastic improvement to a secondary that needs it. Um Especially, like I said, Jonathan McGill, he's been there and done that. He played in the Pac-12, pass-heavy offenses. This is a guy who's going to come in right away and be ready to go. Um, on special teams, both kicker Colin Rogers and punter Ryan Bajeski return and are two of the best at their positions in the AAC. Then uh, my final analysis, my opinion, uh, SMU has everything in place to take the next step in the new look AAC. I mean, the investment into the stadium and the program itself, and then having Rhett Lashley as head coach. Uh, this is, I mean, offensively, they they're they're going to rival many many teams in throughout in the country. And I mean, that's uh, they're going to be they could be a special special team this year. Um, then head coach Rhett Lashley hauled in a top ten transfer portal recruiting class, which is tremendous. But SMU was the only G5 team in the top 50 nationally for for transfer portal recruiting classes. So an unbelievable haul in in the, the case for SMU. A conference uh, slate with Tulane and a conference schedule that doesn't include Tulane and UTSA sets up very nicely as long as the defense steps up. So I actually didn't go through the conference through the schedule this year. So. Uh, SMU this year plays Louisiana Tech at Oklahoma, Prairie View A&M, and at TCU on the non-conference schedule. They're used to Louisiana Tech coming from uh, uh, – they've played them before in a former conference mate. And then their their uh, <clears throat> conference schedule, Charlotte at ECU, at Temple, Rice – or Tulsa at Rice, North Texas, at Memphis, and Navy – so looking at, obviously, like I said, they don't play Tulane. They don't play UTSA, who are the prohibitive favorites by many prognosticators. Uh, going to Memphis will be difficult. Of course, going to ECU is difficult as well uh, with the great environment in Greenville. 
But things really, really set up well for SMU. Going to Oklahoma and TCU, um, with how high-powered this Mustang offense could be, I don't, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but don't put it past them to maybe pick off one of those games or even more. This this offense and with the defense improving, uh, this Mustang team could be sneaky, sneaky good. Um, it, it, they're extremely well coached, like I said, and the additions in the transfer portal I think could really push them to the next level um, as a football team and as a program. So I am very high on this SMU Mustangs team. Um, entering the season again offensively they're going to be top notch defensively they need to step up the question I have is the linebacker position Kobe Wilson and Ahmad Walker have to stay healthy Um, if if not there there could be some concerns there but uh, moving forward I think this is a team that you need to look at um, this year as a potential uh, sleeper not only for the AAC, but at a national level. I think this team could could make some noise potentially if they can put it all together. So again, uh, thank you for tuning in to, uh, to my discussion here. Uh, it's much appreciated. Uh, please uh, follow, subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast and uh, follow the podcast Twitter account at TNT College Foot One. It's uh, truly a blessing to be able to do this. Thank you guys. Have a good day. God bless.